My Seven Chakras, Episode 68. You have a sacred calling. The question is, will you take the time to heed that call? Will you blaze your own path? You are the author of your own life. Don't let others define it for you. Real power comes by doing what you're meant to be doing and doing it well. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My Seven Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's going on, Action Takers? AJ here, and I'd like to thank you. Thank you for taking steps towards your transformation, irrespective of the situation that you are in right now. And even though we haven't met yet, I feel a strong connection to you. And I know that you are a person who will not give up no matter what. And let me tell you that the reason I'm doing all of this three interviews in a week is because of you. That's right. You are the foundation of my seven chakras. All right. Now, recently, I thought of introducing a new concept to our show. Once in a while, I'll be sharing a tip or idea that has helped me grow for you to consider. So action takers, was there ever a moment when you were practicing something like public speaking, maybe yoga, painting or writing? It was going well and then something urgent came in between due to which you had to take a break and now you're slightly out of touch. I know I have. I used to be a member of Toastmasters International for two years. Toastmasters is an organization that helps people improve their communication, public speaking and leadership skills. In other words, you get a platform to prepare speeches, be on stage, present and overcome any stage fright that you may have. So I left Toastmasters for a year and a half because I was pursuing a business degree and lately I've had the strong urge to rejoin Toastmasters and just a few days back I did and this is really exciting. So is there something that you would want to start once again? Maybe a lost passion that's hiding deep within, waiting to come out, maybe traveling, painting or meditating, whatever that may be. What old passion do you want to rekindle once again? Write me at aj at my7chakras.com. That's aj at my7chakras.com. I love reading your emails, getting to know more about you and getting inspired by your journey. All right. And today I am excited to bring you our featured guest, Dr. Susan Allison. So Susan, are you ready to inspire? I am. I am. Wonderful. Wonderful. So Santa Cruz therapist, Dr. Susan Allison has a doctorate in transpersonal psychology and has maintained a private practice for 20 years. She was honored as a woman of the year in California by the Santa Cruz Women's Commission for her counseling work with adolescents. She currently works with individuals and groups to bring about healing using traditional therapies as well as hypnosis, process therapy, shamanic journey, and energy medicine. So Susan, I've given our listeners a short intro, but fill in any gaps that I may have missed and tell us a little bit more about yourself. You did a great job, AJ. Thank you so much. 
And I think that's about all I can uh, maybe fill in as we go along with any questions you have. But I think that's enough about my background for now. That sounds perfect. Now, Susan, before we dive deep into some of the experiences and stories uh, that you've had, we want to get into a space of inspiration and wonder. And the fastest way to do that is to light a lamp of inspiration through the power of words. So, Susan, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us one example of how you apply this quote to your life. You know, it may not be my favorite, but it's my favorite today. And it's actually, I usually pull from the classics, but it's actually an Oprah Winfrey quote, which I love. And this is how it goes. You have a sacred calling. The question is, will you take the time to heed that call? Will you blaze your own path? You are the author of your own life. Don't let others define it for you. Real power comes by doing what you're meant to be doing and doing it well. So in my life, I feel I've done that and am continuing to do that in, in terms of taking the path less traveled, as Robert Frost talks about. And I started at a young age just following my intuition and for your listeners there is no better teacher than our own hearts and going deep inside your own intuition and asking how you feel and what it is you want. And that's what I've been doing my entire life. And I have been a teacher. I have been a therapist as I am now. I love doing energy medicine work where I help people heal from Reiki, from the reconnection. I'm an ordained minister I'm a hypnotherapist, and I have just followed the breadcrumbs, which you can too. It's like one, one breadcrumb was that I wanted to be a teacher. Then I followed another one, and I loved counseling students and found that I wanted to do that. And then that led to wanting to do hypnosis and deeper work and process therapy with clients rather than just cognitive therapy. And all of this has led to my shamanic journey work, which shamanism is 60,000 years old, and I've been practicing uh, going into trance and doing shamanic work for 22 years. And so I just want to say to your listeners uh, just what Oprah said, which is if you have a sacred calling and it's inside you there and you're not doing it, it's important to do it and as soon as possible because there are no guarantees. Mm -hmm. So action takers, you have a sacred calling, wherever you are right now, whatever situation you are in right now, you have a sacred calling. The question is whether you will take the time to heed that call, whether you will take the time to listen to that inner voice and follow your intuition wherever it may lead you. That's right. So Susan, what inspired you to write, You Don't Have to Die to Go to Heaven? This book... <laughs> Is inspired by a lot of things, and it's been a long time coming. It's probably my favorite book of my five. It mm -hmm. represents everything I've ever studied, and really many, many of my own life experiences are included in the book. So I wrote this one day. I was talking to a colleague, and I was talking about all the books that come out, like Proof of Heaven and so on, about somebody who has a near-death experience, they, they say they, they go to heaven, describe it for us about what heaven is like. And I said to my colleague, 
You don't have to die to go to heaven. <laughs> don't doesn't everyone know that? We have to tell people. We have to teach people now that you can learn how to do shamanic journey. You can go to spirit realms. You can find uh, guides, teachers, healers, ancestors, departed loved ones who can guide you now. You can get guidance and healing right now. Bring it back from your journeys, from going into trance. It's like a meditative trance. Bringing back your messages you received and actually change your life today. So you mentioned that you were talking to a colleague about the topic of near-death experience and people you found out were under the impression that you had to go to heaven to get those messages, to get those signs. So could you talk to us about the spirit realms that you spoke about? Yes. And how many realms are there? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Shamans have been doing this cosmology. They've been mapping the spirit worlds for 60,000 years. It's hard to even grapple, isn't it, with that number? Yeah. It's, it predates all major religions. It is shaman, uh, shamanism, shamanic work. And so the shaman is the spiritual leader of a tribe, an indigenous tribe throughout history. Mm -hmm. The shaman's task is to use uh, a monotonous sound like a rattle, a drum, go into a meditative state. The sound becomes like a mantra. And what it does is it puts people into an altered state. Uh, very pretty deep. Uh, it's a theta brainwave. Mm -hmm. And so uh, shamans would go into trance, and then they would travel, spirit travel in their subconscious, not in your conscious mind at all, in your subconscious, in your heart, in your senses. You would tra spirit travel to three worlds. There's a lower world, a middle world, and an upper world. But there are levels, uh, especially within the middle and the upper worlds, there are several levels. There's not just one. Mm -hmm. And in the lower world, you often find animal helpers. Some people call them totem animals, power animals, uh, or animal helpers. The, the middle world is a dreamscape. It's more of, of what you would see in your dreams. It's always, I never have found anything but a natural world or a garden. And most of the people that I teach also have found uh, a wilderness, a natural world, a garden, someplace in nature. And it's there you invite in beings that love you. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, like my grandmother showed up in one of my first journeys, sometimes a, a relative who's departed will come. Sometimes an ancestor comes. Sometimes an avatar comes. I've had Jesus come to my garden. I've had Lao Tzu come to my own, my own uh, sacred place in the middle world. And that it's there that you receive guidance, you receive teaching support for your life. And you also do in the lower world with, with your animal helpers. I have an animal. The eagle has been with me for 22 years, and I still see him. I still talk with him. And you can talk with all of these beings, and you hear messages in your mind. You don't see them speak, but you'll hear messages in your mind. The upper world is what many people refer to as heaven, paradise, the world on high, uh, the Abha kingdom. It is a luminous realm, just as people describe who have near-death experience or who interview people who have had near-death experience. Very light-filled, full of love, full of peace. And it's really incredible because people can learn to do this work, not only get over their fear of death, but you can find where your loved ones are and they're fine. And so that's a couple of reasons I've written this book. 
is to help people overcome the fear of death and know where their loved ones have gone, where their loved ones are. And sometimes your loved ones will visit you in these upper realms, the middle and upper worlds. You can meet uh, more avatars, uh, exalted ancestors, your soul family. You can travel to some of your past lives and meet with divine teachers in this realm. And I've gone to many, many, many different levels. There's some you can't go to, though, Mm -hmm. AJ. And I have looked up and seen a beautiful golden city, in fact, I can't go there. There, there is wow. there. Are, yeah, there are realms that we're still embodied, aren't we? So we can't go there. But I saw that. I saw it, and the Bible in Revelation and probably lots of, of religious texts will talk about a heavenly place. And in the Bible, I looked it up after I had the experience, and, and it said in Revelation there'll be there is a golden city that it's. It's as if it's made of glass, and that's how it looked. There were there were facets of light, you know, sparkling and coming off. The light was coming off all these different facets, so it looked like a, a light-filled golden city. So it's possible to learn how to do this work, and you can do it just by uh, reading my book, downloading the drumming from my website, and do this on your own. And I also work with people on the phone and Skype who are all over the world. So you mentioned that shamans have been using monotonous sounds to get into a trance yes. or an altered state, allowing them to spirit travel through three worlds, the low worlds, the middle worlds, where is the dreamscape, and then you have the upper worlds, which a lot of people refer to as the heavens. Now, my question is, you spoke about or you hinted towards certain spirit guides. Yeah. Now, what are spirit guides and what is their purpose? Now, I've heard that some people have just one spirit guide. Some people have a group of spirit guides, three or four of them. Yeah, I think it depends, AJ. It depends. And I feel that, that beings are assigned to us is what I've, what I've discovered. Mm-hmm. And for instance, if you start doing this work, there'll be beings that come to you. And, so, and I, I'm working with someone right now, in fact, who's really surprised at some of the beings who are showing up. It's like a, a principal of your school might show up or, you know, a, a friend that passed away when you were seven. And suddenly that friend has become one of your spirit allies. Right. And there's a, there are spirit allies. There are teachers. There are guides. They're a bit, all a bit different. And they're there for different reasons. Sometimes your spirit allies are only there for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. My my grandmother is not in not in my middle world any longer. I think I think that she ascended. My my feeling is she went to the light. Also, her teaching of me was done. She had she had come to teach me some things, and she did. And then she moved on. Uh, and I do have beings that have been that have been with me, and, and there are beings who have been with you mm-hmm. for all your incarnations. Yeah, yeah. And so I have a few who have been with me through all my incarnations. I also have a soul family, and my soul family. Both my parents are in it, which is rare. Usually, you don't have your parents in your soul family, but both of my parents are there. Socrates, of all people, is in my soul family, and some other other people that, that I've met and talked with. And I also have four angels that are more, more like uh, guides. They're more, they're more like divine teachers that meet with me, and I also have other beings there, including, including my departed husband, who passed away two and a half years ago. So I can do journey work and go and, and meet with him there. Mm-hmm. 
now you speak about these spirit guides yeah. who sometimes might be there throughout your life throughout many existences sometimes they might just move on but for people who are new to this particular yes. topic is there a way to get to know who your spirit guide is and maybe connect with them in one way or, or another yes uh, in the very very first chapter of my book it is about the middle world and there are all kinds of suggestions for journeys to take Mm-hmm. And what you do, AJ, is that you can download the drumming from my website, which is mm-hmm. www.doctor, just dr, no period, drsusanallison, two L's, dot com. So you can download 20 minutes of drumming, mm-hmm. and you put the drumming on, you put your eye mask on, and you do one of the first journeys in the book, which is to find your middle world place of personal power. And then you invite in a being that loves you. Now, you can ask for a specific being, and sometimes they'll come, sometimes they're busy, and they don't. But you can also ask just for a being that loves you, and and someone or something will show up. It could even be an element of nature. Mm -hmm. It could be an animal even in the middle world that sometimes will come. And it can mainly is is human. Uh, They're human beings that come. I've even had someone from the future come mm-hmm. so it's it's very interesting but that was that would be the that would be the first way for listeners to do this work where they're going to connect with a teacher ally or guide is to get my book do the first read the first chapter and do some of the first journeys and that's what you do is you're asking for someone to show up Mm-hmm. Now, one of the topics that intrigues me the most is dreams. And there are people who have dedicated their entire lives just to study dreams and, you know, the dreams of their patients and clients. What role do dreams play in our lives? Well, it isn't a topic I was going to talk about, but dreams are very, very similar uh, to shamanic journeys in that you get messages and you have experiences that sh- things that show up that are symbolic. Mm -hmm. Every single thing in a shamanic journey is symbolic and metaphorical about your life. So if you dream about your garden is full of weeds, Mm -hmm. there's something for you to look at in terms of the clutter in your life, in terms of being choked, in terms of, of not being able to see clearly. Your garden is not well tended. There's all these metaphors you can draw from that. And the same with dreams. You know, if you dream that you're in a car and has no steering wheel, that is a lot about your life. You know, it's a lot about that you have no direction. There's no way to get there. You, you aren't, aren't able to navigate. And what is that about? And so it's very similar. Shamanic journeys and dreams are similar in that they represent you. They represent your life. And no one else should interpret anyone else's dream. Mm-hmm. So, if you have, so if you have people who say they're going to interpret your dream, be careful. You should be interpreting your dream. And you can do it in a very simple way. You can say you could get a journal and you write your dream down in detail. And then you write the blank of me, the blank of me. So, in other words, the car of me, the the lack of steering wheel of me, uh, and so on. And so the weeds of me. And so you take every single important element of your dream and apply it to yourself. Houses often represent us. 
the car in, in, in one of my dreams I just shared represented uh, my life at the time. So you should do the interpreting, but that's just a quick one of the quick ways for you to journal about it and take the dream apart as each aspect applies to you and to your life. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot. Does that make sense? It does, definitely. The, the, I think the tip of maintaining a journal uh, definitely is powerful and, and it makes sense. Uh, one of the biggest fears that people have is the fear of death. But I read on That's your right. website that people don't need to fear death and that we are immortal. Yes. Based on your experience, what happens after a person dies? You know, obviously, I'm still here. I'm talking. Yeah. I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> I still yeah. have a body, as do you and your listeners. Yeah. And so I can't. I can't say exactly, but because I was so close to my husband, and we were soulmates, and I knew him so well, I even felt his presence in my body, his spirit, with me for about a month. And it's interesting that the Tibetan Book of the Dead says it takes 40 days. So 40 days really for you to leave more of the bardic realms, the middle world. Catholics call it purgatory. Mm -hmm. I like the middle world. It doesn't have any of those negative connotations. It is a place, it's it's a stopping off place for beings. As soon as that they uh, leave their bodies, there is this wonderful world. In fact, the Hawaiians... The kahunas, the elders in Hawaii, teach people how to find their middle world now. And then at the point of death, the spirit, your spirit is not afraid. Your spirit knows exactly where to go. You've been there. Uh, you sometimes have seen grandparents there that are greeting you. Um, I had a client who was, was dying, and I helped him find his middle world. He, he journeyed there in trance, and there were his parents and his favorite uncles at the gate Mm -hmm. before he died. So it's my belief that we pass into, you know, amorphous state, we pass into the spirit state, and it takes people different amounts of time to move, move through these levels. The Mormons, in fact, believe that there's lots and lots of levels. Uh, A couple of them came up to one of my book signings and just told me, how much they love my book because it's what they teach in the Book of Mormon is that there are all these levels in creation and there's levels in heaven that you pass through and you keep growing. So what I've seen is I've seen some beings like my grandmother in the middle world uh, for many, many years. She died before I was born and some shamans say that we can stay in the middle world for up to 100 years before we move on. You're sorting yourself out, looking at your life, in fact, that's the original definition of purgatory before it had all of these sort of negative connotations. Purgatory is about uplifting your soul, looking at your life, making amends for things you've done, really trying to become a better person, even as a spirit. You can do that in the middle world. And my husband, for instance, moved on quickly, as it says in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, 40 days. He was already in the upper world. I didn't find him in the middle world. He he was up in what we I call a level of heaven. It isn't the heaven that you can go to when, when you've passed away. But I found my husband in the upper world. He was in this luminous world. He already had a job. He was greeting souls. He was the most outgoing person on the planet. And that would be the perfect job for him 
is to greet souls who are new and who are coming in and assure them. And sometimes he could meet with me and sometimes he was busy, actually. And so he and I, um, I was able in trance to float up with him and look at other parts of heaven. There's a, a place I found called, I called it the Blue and Silver City, where I could go. There were spirits there that weren't in human form, but you could just see outlines like a hologram of these spirits. And I got messages there from them. And it's my belief that your, your heaven's going to appear the way you need it to, much like Robin Williams' movie, What Dreams May Come. Great movie for showing that he needed heaven to be a certain way for him. And as he stepped, it was like a painting. It just went into this beautiful, beautiful heaven. So that's, you know, what I have experienced. And yours would be different, AJ. Mm-hmm. Now, thanks a lot for clarifying that. And I'm sure you agree that in addition to taking action and these steps, and uh, it's important to stay safe. So, yeah. Susan, is it safe to travel to these spirit realms? And what advice do you have for our listeners? Yeah, good question. I do in my book have a place in every chapter that says intention and protection. Now, it doesn't mean it's unsafe, but it mm-hmm. means that especially when you're traveling to the upper world, you're many times going through dense energy like the sun's energy. And I always ask from the very first journey that you take um, a being with you, you ask, you hold a stone, you do something to ground yourself, because it also is so beautiful and so amazing in these worlds that some people are going to say, I don't want to come back. And mm-hmm. so I feel that you need to set the intention that you're going to travel safely to whatever world and to do whatever it is is your intention for that journey and come back safely. Uh, because frankly, especially if people have lost loved ones, as I have, you're traveling up to these beautiful realms and you're meeting with them. It's so incredible that Mm -hmm. this world can pale in comparison. And someone asked me that at a book signing, you know, you know, is there anything negative in this experience or anything that you've had to watch out for? And my answer was, yeah coming back because this world can be very challenging as your listeners know as you know it's earth school isn't it where we are tested where we learn where we evolve and become better people hopefully but it's not always super fun there's work to do here there's growth to do here there's pain there's loss there's suffering And so sometimes if you're going to these realms, you might feel like, I don't really want to come back. And so, yeah, in my book, I say, set an intention for going and coming safely. Go and get the wisdom you need, the guidance, the healing, and bring it back and have the courage to change your life here. Now, staying on the topic of taking action, is there a health tip that you'd like to share with our audience that they can try immediately in order to enhance their level of health? Well, since it's not my field, but it is my field just being a human, and I can Mm -hmm. share what I do, is I I just took a walk to the beach. I live just two blocks from the ocean in Central California, and I just took a long, long walk with my dog. He loves to play in the water, and I love being out in nature. I think that treadmills are fine, the gym is fine, whatever you do that you love. I don't think there's anything like getting out uh, in the natural world. 
In fact, this is so wonderful because a lot of our featured guests, this is one of the most popular uh, health tips that people have shared is the importance of going out in the wild. In fact, barefoot, uh, if you can, stepping on the grass because the earth has this tremendous quality of healing and whatever stress or things or worry that might be in you as soon as you step on that wonderful grass maybe sand as well yeah. along with your dog yeah. it has a very therapeutic feeling so thanks a lot for sharing susan yes now someone said by cultivating gratitude you eventually expand your internal sense of what is possible regardless of seeming obstacles and challenges that you go through this round is all about challenges or barriers that people used to step into their greatness. I think it's important and inevitable, as you mentioned, that we have to face or are facing challenges on this earth in some form or another. But listening to stories makes us stronger and wiser. So Susan, take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge and then tell us how did you approach or overcome it? Well, I've had plenty, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. And as we all have. And... I think probably the the hardest, you know, next to my mother's death, the hardest uh, challenge I've had has been my husband's death in 2013. And it's, uh, you know, you go to groups and some people say, you know, my cousin Jane died or my my pet iguana died and in those in the groups that are mixed. And I have to say that it's very different when you lose a partner. Mm hmm. And losing a partner, especially if you're soulmated, especially if you're very, very, very close and love that person very, very deeply, it's, it's incredibly difficult. Even though I am a spiritual woman, I've had a practice for my entire life. You know, I've had a yoga practice. I've been meditating for, you know, at least 30 years, maybe 40. Mm-hmm. And I have always had a spiritual practice. I always have believed in a higher power or in spirit, source, the universe, God. So I've always had that that to rely on. And it was still incredibly challenging. And I, anyone who's going through a difficult time who is listening, one thing that was hard for me and I ask you to do is to ask for help. It's very, very important to reach out and not to isolate Uh, The tendency is you want to pull the covers up over your head. You want to lock the door. You you want to just bury yourself. You don't want to see people. It's very important, though, when you can, is to ask for help. Tell people, I'm really having a hard time. This is what I need. Sometimes we don't even know what we need. and, And as a good friend, if you're listening and you're a good friend, you ask the person, can I bring you something to eat? You know, can I uh, walk your dog? You know, can I uh, just show up and just hold you? So it's very important to ask for help. And it's also important to, I I really, obviously, I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. I really believe in therapy. I believe in hospice. I believe in uh, groups. Group uh, work is incredibly beneficial. So that is what I did. You know, I've been in three different hospice groups. I have my own therapist because therapists need therapists. True. And so I've been doing uh, doing a lot of work on myself, and I'm still not out of the woods. It's two and a half years since his death, and I'm still I'm going to see someone today. I'm still going through it a little deeper, a little uh, wider than it was. I thought I was through it, and I'm not. So it's really important to really check in and see how you're doing. 
how you're feeling and what you need and then ask for it. Well, thanks a lot for sharing your experience with us. I know it's never easy to go back into a time in the, a couple of years back, especially if it was not easy. And for that, we salute you. Thank you. Our next round is about finding your life's true calling, finding the reason why you're here on this earth and learning ways in which we can recognize and follow, like you mentioned earlier, those breadcrumbs that life's throws at us. Uh, for this round, Susan, just imagine that you are in front of a large bonfire on the beach and you are sharing your story with fellow tribe members who are waiting to learn from you. Sound like a plan? Wonderful. On that very note, Leonard Ravenhill once said, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. So my question to you, Susan, is have you found your life's true calling? If yes, what is your calling? Yes, I have. I mean, my calling is as an author, as a spiritual guide, as a modern, I call myself a soul shaman, helping people get in touch with their souls, a modern shaman and healer. And I feel that, and I know that in a past life reading that I was a shamanic practitioner, whatever you want to call it in those days. I was a medicine woman, a shaman uh, at, for two generations at Chaco Canyon and in, in, at the Four Corners area. Mm -hmm. And it's as if my whole life I've been looking for how to be that modern, how, how, how is one a modern shaman? How is one a modern medicine woman? And I think I've come closest by teaching, by being a psychologist, by being an energy healer. And I say to the people sitting around the bonfire, all you have to do is close your eyes. Close your eyes and put your hand on your heart and ask yourself, what is it you love? What do you lose time doing? What is your passion? And at times your calling and your job are not going to be the same, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That you have a calling, and let's say you love to paint, but you're not paying the bills by your painting, at least now. You have to have a job, and it's okay that you can go to a job, and, and you like it fine, and you do it, and it pays the bills, and you also have your calling. And it, it's not as frequent that your job and your calling are the same, and that is wonderful. It doesn't happen for all of us, especially in the arts, since this country is not known for supporting artists, as other countries are. And so, as an artist, uh, I do many things. You know, as an artist, I write, I write songs, I sing. And do I make a ton of money on my books, my CDs? No, I do it because I have to. I do it because I've been called to do it. It's a divine download. I have to do it. That's a calling. Then there's a career. And I do love doing therapy. I love doing especially work on the phone with people. And any of your listeners, uh, I will give my phone number in a minute. But I love that too, but it's not the same as my calling where I get so excited to write a new song and it just comes through me and I'm like crazy to get it recorded. So that's, a, that's my calling is the arts. And I have a profession that pays me well that I do like, that I love on some days, not every day, but I do go to and appreciate and I'm of service, which is important to me. But for your listeners, sometimes your, your job or career and your calling are not the same. 
Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot for that wonderful message. So Susan, was there ever a moment in your life when you became aware without a shadow of doubt that this is what you were meant to do as far as your calling is considered? Absolutely. In fact, every time. And I feel that we have a lot of different lifetimes in one lifetime. We have a lot of different careers. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of uh, depending on our age, we have different callings, different careers. I really wanted to be a teacher and I became a teacher at the high school and college level. Mm-hmm. I was very good at it. I love my students. And as I changed though, I realized the literature that I loved that I was teaching was all about psychological issues, all about how humanity changes, all about transformation. And then that led me into becoming a therapist and getting a a master's and a PhD in psychology. And then that led to, oh, I want to do deeper work with people. Let's do hypnosis. Let's do some shamanic work with people, have them journey inside their bodies even. And then that led to, oh, Let me help people heal through some energy medicine, putting my hands on them and helping them heal from disease and from accidents. So I I believe in the whole breadcrumb idea, and I just think that Mm. every single person listening, just notice what you're excited about. Notice what you really are good at and what you love, and go from there. And sometimes it's scary. I would say don't give up your day job while you're exploring But I feel that it's important to do something that bursts out of your heart, that your your heart just says, this is what I love, and do do it, and follow that. And that has happened to me over and over and over in my life. Mm -hmm. And with that, Susan, we have finally arrived at the wisdom round, which is structured just like a rapid fire round. During this round, our listeners get to take notes. And take action. So are you ready? Yeah. What is the best advice that you have ever received? Follow my heart. Mm -hmm. Name one personal habit that contributes to your well-being. Walking on the beach. Great. Uh, What is your morning ritual like? I never get out of bed until I've meditated and prayed. Mm -hmm. And if my feet hit the floor first, I'm apt to be off and doing all the different things I do. So I do not get out of bed until I've prayed and meditated. Mm Mm-hmm. So name a book that has made a significant impact on your life. Henry David Thoreau's Walden Pond. Wonderful. So action takers, if you are a visual person and want to see the links, quotes and other stuff discussed during the show, go to my7chakras.com slash 70. That's M-Y-S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S dot com. That's our website slash 70. And make sure that you share this link on Facebook or Twitter if you feel that the people in your community might benefit from it. The link again is my7chakras.com slash 70. Susan, it was awesome having you on our show today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you are really grateful for. Tell us the best way we can find you and then we'll say goodbye. I am very grateful for my life. I'm grateful for this very, very moment. It's the only one we have. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the now. Enjoy right this minute. That's it. There are no guarantees. The past is dead. The future's not been born. All we have is right now. So people can find me at www.drsusanallison.com. That's D-R-S-U-S-A-N-A-L-L-I-S-O-N.com. People can also call me at... 
888-821-1821. It's a toll-free number. I talk to people all over the world. And people, go out and get my book, You Don't Have to Die to Go to Heaven, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and in every bookstore. Mm -hmm. So listeners, if what we spoke about today really inspires you, you want to get to know more, then without fail, go to D-R-S-U-S-A-N-A-S-S-A-L-L. I-S-O-N dot com and I'm going to put the link also in the show notes so all you have to do is click the link and you can go to the website get to know more about uh, the spirit realms and download that wonderful track the shamanic drums that's available on the website is that correct Sul? that's right <laughs> awesome that's right. so Susan thank you so much for coming on our show sharing your inspiring stories and taking us one more step closer to a human revolution absolutely AJ thank you so much for having me you were listening to my seven chakras go to my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.